Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 346 of the JV Club with my just absolutely delightful guest, Kari Walgren. I welcome you in. I hope you enjoy it. I feel certain you will. And you know what? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm just going to say if you feel the urge to go to iTunes and give the show a positive rating, I'd love it. I just absolutely love it. Like I just press record, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, great. Do you need a moment? Do you I, get into character? <laughs> to collect my thoughts. Do you need to get into podcast character? <laughs> what's I, podcast, Kari, like? You know, it's it's interesting. It's like, do you ever feel like you you click into a somewhat censored version of yourself in certain sen- situations? Yes. I'm working on that. I'm working on trying not to do that so much. Oh, yeah. Well, do you think that's something? Because for me, that comes almost certainly directly from like having to go to Mormon church with my mom on Sunday when I was a kid like really and my dad being an atheist and I won't go too deeply into that because these guys are probably tired of hearing about it but just in terms of like certain like wh- like when is your life at its most disparate in terms of like how do you present to this group how do you present at school how do you present at a club how do you present at home like that for me was the an era of my life, especially when I was a teenager, weirdly enough, where I was at my most sort of like, let me put on this face for this group of people. Is that something you yes. think you like condition yourself for early or is that something that came later? Absolutely. You know, I, it's interesting. I, I feel like, you know, I grew up in a small town in Kansas and stuff and, and there's, there's um, definitely, I think, a Midwest female thing of you are raised to get along with people and to be nice. And, and I have had to kind of figure out and I'm still figuring out, um, you know, how much of that niceness and kindness, uh, are just organically part of my personality and how much of it is me avoiding conflict, how much of it is me, uh, trying not to rock the boat in certain situations or to, um, you know, so it's, I, I have found that everybody, you know, your best qualities and your worst qualities are sometimes your best and worst qualities flipped. Yeah. And, um, so it's been interesting in these recent years of my life to kind of reevaluate certain things. And the nice thing is like, you know, then when I make the choice to be kind or if I make the choice to, to say no to something, um, it's very, uh, empowering and it feels a lot more organic than just, um, people pleasing. Yeah. I could not relate more. (laughs) Yes. I, I mean, I really, I really do. And I think that's like two like the, the, I mean, I really just to drill down a little bit, and I don't know why I just used that corporate term. Like I was on a conference call with someone talking about like SNR. Nope, that's I don't <laughs> let's know. Let's go through the bullet points, shall Sales, we? Yeah, let's let's drill down. Let's drill down so we're on the same page. Um, but the 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 identity of who you are, like as a woman, I think has been called into not you generally, but you know, women generally, that like that there is like we could really make ourselves nuts thinking about sort of like what 
is coming quote unquote naturally to me from my heart or from my soul versus what has been so indoctrinated into me that I think it's me, but maybe I wouldn't be this concerned about what someone else thought if it hadn't been just hammered into me on some level. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And it's like, how much do you, how, how hard do we stare at that? And then like, is there a point at which we sort of like take a Buddhist approach where we've like examined it? We don't necessarily have an answer to move on from, but we still move on and just say, you know, I'm never going to know the full answer to that. That's an impossible thing, but I've kind of, teased out some important moments in my life or certain, you know, like, well, when this person is behaving this way, it should be the least of my worries, whether they like me or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those moments, like when is it okay to just be kind and, and want to, you know, resolve an issue or whatever. And when is it like, (laughs) please don't be mad. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's a theme that, that, you know, as I said, in recent years of my life has been such a a powerful thing. And I think, I think just being conscious of it and, and thinking about it and being aware that this is even a thing is half the battle. Like that's a huge thing of, um, just to have the self-awareness to be like, okay, let me, let me just check in with myself as far as why am I doing this, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a great dater, <laughs> but I, I don't, I'm trying to think if I know a single person who is, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And, um, uh, it was interesting cause you know, just in, in recent history, I've, I've been going out on some dates here and there and, and, uh, it's interesting how you have to get to a point where you realize, oh, I'm not responsible for the other person. Like I can't control the other person's response to things. And I'm always trying to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And I'm always trying to think that the other person is coming from a good place or how I'm interacting with them. Like, you know, I could really empathize and see this point of view. And you eventually have to get to a point sometimes where you're like, this person is not healthy and I can't help that. Like that person is on their own journey and you can be kind and wish them well but still absolutely not need to be around them yeah. and put the boundaries up. Wow. We yeah. just got like super deep. Like <laughs> I feel like I, you know, we should have just like, <laughs> I can talk really about okay. something shallow. It's if you really want. okay. No, no one, no one is asking for that. No one is asking for that. Well, let's talk a little bit about, about the, the, the place in Kansas that you're from. Can you describe it for us? Uh, yeah. So I, I grew up in, in a little town called Hoisington, Kansas and, um, Hoisington. Yes. That's kind of a great, name it sounds almost made up it it sounds almost made up and it looked almost made up (laughs) uh it was it was one of those one stoplight towns like the main street down the the main drive of the the town was a red brick road with one stoplight and there was the water tower at the end of main street with with the big you know hoisington painted on it and stuff like that uh they put in a second stoplight when I was in high school and there was such an uproar that they took it down. <laughs> <laughs> so Lake Wobegon. I know, it's so much that way. Uh, and, and, you know, so there'd be like one one or two shops on the main street and then like four bars mm-hmm. that all managed to stay in business too. So, you know. Is there like a specific... Uh 
like a mill or a factory or a like forestry or farming that was kind of the sustaining um thing that kind of kept you know people in that town and sort of going um there was a grain elevator okay and there was a railroad here's another thing there was a railroad track at the other end of main street so um you know, and it always would make me think of those old commercials. You remember, I, I'm going to beat that train, train, <laughs> train, train. <laughs> because yes. people would try to like, oh, God, the thing's coming down. You yeah. got to try to beat the train, yeah. you know, tra- cross the train was it, it Was it typically one of those trains where really it becomes like a joke? Like there are trains in Atlanta, you know, so many things shoot in Atlanta now. And so it's like, oh, what a great place to shoot until you realize everything is near railroad tracks and there are trains passing through all the, all time. the time. And they're the longest trains trains it becomes <laughs> it feels like a prank after a while right. like oh this is just a bit like yes. this train is still going through it's still a bit. this is a bit pretty much yeah yeah it's uh so that was that was kind of the environment now please forgive me being from tucson arizona exactly what is a grain elevator um it's just like you know people okay i'm going to show my lack of knowledge as well but you know gr- grain gets harvested and then it gets held in these really huge um like a silo or something yeah like these big round containery yeah probably probably it's silo kids uh-huh. I, mean, <laughs> I don't have the dictionary right in front of me but you know and people would like scoop the grain in and they would you know bring it in and from harvest and stuff like that and, and there's a lot of get rid of a body you would drown you would drown someone slowly in the grain the hand would just be yeah okay I, it's like you grew up there mm, well <laughs> let's just say maybe i didn't grow up there but i dumped a body there Excellent. you know what that's too much information <laughs> let's not say that <laughs> a grain elevator okay so it's not like an ele- it's not like in my mind what i was going for was some kind of you know like you pass a concrete plant or something and there's like a belt there's sort of like a thing that when you're a kid you're like that looks like a slide but really it's just a giant something that's like rotating a band of something that's rotating but that's not yeah. what a grain elevator is a grain elevator is actually just storage uh, yeah, I, to to my memory. Yeah, um, and then you know, if you would drive to the next town over, you definitely had that um, the feedlot kind of smell. You know, if I think about my childhood, I, I think of wheat fields and the smell of cows mm. and uh, just kind of that thunk 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 as you're driving down the red brick road. Yeah, in the main street. How much has it changed? Has it gotten its second spot, uh, stoplight uh, approved yet? You know, I haven't been back there for a number of years, but after I moved to Los Angeles, like the first year that I moved to Los Angeles, it got hit by a major tornado. Uh, like this is, it sounds like the ultimate cliche, yeah. but it was an F4 tornado, came through the town, destroyed like a quarter of the town. Uh, and Which my, is a lot Which for is a, a lot. small town. It is. And, and you know, you get that thing where you you know the layout of a town in your mind because of landmarks. Like, oh, there's the big elm tree on that corner. And then there's the house with the red door across the street. And I went to visit my parents shortly after it had happened. And, you know, the house with the red door, only the red door was left standing, like the whole, and then the elm tree was gone. And so so it was very disorienting. And a lot of people um, ended up moving because they had, you know, lost everything. And so, uh, so, so I, th- I'm not really sure what the status of the town is now, but, uh, but I know that it got a lot smaller after the, after the oh God, tornado. Yeah. 
Was that something that you grew up with as a real, again, I have a huge fascination with tornadoes just because well, that makes it sound like I watch a bunch of like tornado watch shows or something chase, like that. Do you chase zero? Cha- I've chased exactly zero. Let me tell you <laughs> how many things I've seen about tornadoes, not counting The Wizard of Oz, just the movie Twister. Well, you're, you're an expert then. I, I mean, listen to me. I can't say I have a huge fascination for something. Do you know what it is? It's a huge imagination fascination. Do you know what I mean? It's like a little kid fear that it's like a thrill that I clearly have not pursued as like something that I'm interested in actually having a ton of information about. It's more something that I sort of like to keep I'm now I'm psychoanalyzing, but like that the, I sort of like to keep the mystery of like, ooh, that seems ooh, ter- like tornadoes of, you know, See, that's so that, foreign to me. I feel the same way about earthquakes because I remember yeah. as a kid, you remember how they'd have like the Monday night movie of the week or something on, on, on the three channels that we had on yeah. TV. <laughs> and there was some like the big one. It was some <laughs> movie of the week about a huge earthquake, yeah. you know, and I just there are a couple of visuals from that movie like a big auditorium at a school collapsing and stuff like that so i was just like man earthquakes are the scariest thing in the world yeah whereas not the giant cyclone that picks up your house and and moves moves it to a different place yeah uh tornadoes i mean not that it's not scary if it you know destroys a quarter of the town right but um it just was kind of one of those things where you had tornado drills in school and you you would if you got the tornado drill on the TV, you'd go in your basement or you'd go, you know, if you're at a friend's house that didn't have a basement, you'd go in the bathroom, in the in the tub and, you know, with the pillow and yeah. stuff like that. Which I guess is, I mean, that is sort of the same. You're right. The earthquake comparison obviously is, is totally similar because yeah. until you've lived, it's surprising how every day that doesn't contain an earthquake takes you further and further away from thinking about it as a real thing. Yeah. Even though it's fucking real. Yeah, totally. It's, it's true. Is there some part of you that I'm trying to think, because my, the only thing I can compare with that is in, in Tucson would be monsoon season when there are like very kind of impressively scary lightning storms and stuff. And because my mom did have a bit of a fear of, of lightning, which was actually founded because like she has had some really bad luck with like just being in houses that were struck by lightning (laughs) and like a tv blowing up and shit so she really did like she kept adding to the regimen of things to do to keep safe so you know she would turn she would like start unplugging stuff and she would take off all her metal jewelry and she would like make sure that the air conditioning was like anything that she heard a story about happening in, in Arizona during a monsoon, she would like add that to the list of things you have to be worried about. God bless her, man. And, and like, because people like rarely, but like sometimes someone can get struck through the water pipes and stuff. I mean, it's extraordinarily rare, but if you're looking out for those anecdotes in the news, you'll find them and then they'll bury themselves in your subconscious. Oh, absolutely. But, but for me, I think her, because I didn't have the same level of fear, there was something almost not fun, but there was something like when you're a kid and, and something breaks the norm, like it's a snow day for school or do you know what I mean? Like randomly something happened and you get to go home all of a sudden, like and I wonder if Tornado Watch was kind of like that, like where as a, at a certain age, you're like, ooh, we're going down to the basement. Like, mm, yes, that's kind of fun and special. Like, we don't have a choice. We're just going down there. We just have to go down there. We get to pack our provisions. Yeah. Bring the graham crackers. And yeah, exactly. Juice downstairs yeah. and just watch the news until it all 
blows over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's something, I mean, we always, horror movies are popular for a reason because we like that little tiny bit of danger or voyeuristic, whatever. So it's, yeah, there's that excitement and that element of danger and like, oh my gosh. Now, who would be going down to the basement with you? Do your parents, do you have brothers and sisters? Um, Mostly I remember it being at least one of my parents and then uh, at least one of my brothers would be running outside to try to see the tornado Mm -hmm. and that would fill me with great fear and you know, panic. Yeah. Like, come inside. Well, how many brothers do you have? I'm, I'm the youngest of five. So I've oh, got, wow. okay. uh, I've got three brothers and one sister. Okay. And where do they fall? Not so that you have to like break down each one of their ages and names and serial numbers or anything, but like <laughs> what, uh, it, where's your other sister fall? Uh, she's the second oldest. Okay. How yeah. much distance of yours is there between you? Uh, you know, there's, the the next youngest sibling in my family is five years older than me. Oh, okay. so, so I you had kind of I was definitely the baby yeah. and and had both the big family and kind of only child experience growing up because yeah. you know they all graduated at a certain point. So um, yeah, how closely did you identify with? Like, were there siblings that you sort of saw more of yourself in? Did you look up to more? Were there siblings that you sort of, you know, felt more like, we might as well be from a different planet. Like this is, you know, well, I mean, it can take so many different shapes the way a family forms. Yeah. I mean, and my family's pretty eclectic. So I I mean, I don't know. There are certain siblings you get along better with than others. I mean, I was, uh, growing up was very close with my sister and, um, uh, yeah. So, my, yeah, my sister. Probably. Was she the one that was she as someone that you because you guys were so close and she was so much older? Do you feel like you attributed a lot of like? And then she told me about this band, or you know, and then oh well, you know, she taught me how to shave my legs. She she, you know, I remember having kissing practice against the wall. You know, <laughs> now the wall is not a great representation of a human face, but. Not if not we're great. working with it, we're gonna work with it. Right. Pretend there's some sort of protuberance. Pretend yeah, there's exactly. a nose of some kind. Man, at that point, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about that. I was like, man, you just get to you, know, you eventually actually touch touch another person. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. So so I, I think back, and she, you know, she taught me how to curl my hair and use a curling iron. Uh, just all these different things. Like it was it was such a lovely big sister kind of dynamic it absolutely is because there there absolutely are those you know i'm an only child but just so many people i've talked to who are like no i wanted that relationship with my big sister but you know understandably she was like get out of my way yeah no we were super close in fact it was really devastating when she went to college because i felt like she was going to college right around the time that you know i was kind of entering my teen years and stuff like that and it's like i needed you most right now yeah uh but but she's great did you have crushes on your older siblings friends like would they bring their friends over and would you be like hey you're dreamy um I'm trying to remember if I did or not I I don't think I can't remember having crushes as much on their friends but like the local lifeguard or or, (laughs) you know going to the basketball games, you know, like I'd go to the high school basketball games and the the band would be playing up in the bleachers and there was like a drummer. There was a cute drummer. And of course, being the suave <laughs> nymphette that I am, I'd, you know, 
tried to do like cartwheels on the bleachers and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, walk by at least a dozen, half dozen times with, to buy candy <laughs> to just be seen, be seen. Perhaps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, it's all coming back to me in a really crushing, <laughs> embarrassing wave. Yeah. There was a guy who lived in my neighborhood that like, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's, it was really one of those things where I look back and I am like, my hormones must have been so out of control because it truly was a situation where it's like, you know, that kid lived in that neighborhood our whole life. I never thought twice about him. And then like one summer where for whatever reason, all of a sudden I had like a huge crush on him. And I would like ride by, I'd ride my bike by his house oh, all the time. Yes. And then that, and then I just was, and then I just didn't have a crush on him anymore. Like it was just gone as if it were just like a rash. Do you know, yeah. like I can't, I couldn't tell you why it started. Don't know why it ended. But when I had it, I was like obsessed with this person yes. that I didn't know any more than I did before I gave, like didn't give a shit. And it's just like, I can't, I feel like that's just brain chemicals, body chemicals. Like there's just something going on there where you get a surge of something and you're like, oh, there's someone like, and and it's, it's just so random and just out, it's just out of control. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it is like, I was raised really, um, conservatively in my, like my, you know, parents and I, we went to church every Sunday and, and that sort of thing. And, and in some ways I'm so glad looking back that I was in that really, really structured environment because just the the hormones and just the craziness, just the overall general lack of deductive reasoning skills, <laughs> especially, I think it, it almost passes a little bit when you get to high school, but that junior high stage is just, my dad was a junior high science teacher for mm. 40 some years. And I'm like, I lasted one day substitute teaching one. Yeah. Uh, Cause junior high is just tough. Yeah. Man. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, bless your dad's heart. My dad was a high school teacher and I think he, he would sort of like, like he would say like, I, I can't imagine like this is as young as I could do. I can't uh, imagine anybody, and he was, and he taught seniors, so it was like, this is as young as I'm prepared to take on. Yeah. Anything before this, I would be useless. I just, I it's remember crazy. myself at that age, and I'm like, a whole classroom of that? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's nuts. Did you, but he wasn't your teacher ever? No, he was not. He was at a different school, or was he? I ended up going to the next town over for uh, junior high and high school. Uh, they had kind of like a... a a bigger drama department and music department. And and my parents really wanted me to have kind of more opportunities because I was, you know, getting, getting into the whole music thing and had done Annie as any girl in interested in theater. Not this one. Are you serious? I didn't get cast. You're uh, like a unicorn. Orphan. I might've been an, I mean, I know the Annie. So well, I, everyone loves Annie. So maybe I only know this. We definitely did Annie, uh, when I was in second grade and for sure, I don't remember how, I mean, I'm sure I would remember, right. It would be a big deal. I would remember if I had like a name, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I was a right. character that had a name, I would remember. So I think maybe I was just an orphan. Okay. If anything, maybe I didn't even, maybe I wasn't even in it. But I've been Snow White the year before. You understand? I understand. As a five-year-old, oh, I and Snow went, White. That's I went a big deal. To Snow White. Okay, mm-hmm. that is the Disney princess. Like I, I collect coffee mugs, uh-huh. and I, it's either Wonder Woman coffee mugs or uh, 
Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. And Snow White, I just have an affinity for. Yeah. That's a real early, very sweet. That's a, yeah, that's a great, I mean, listen, it's, that was, that, that was definitely one of the first, that was a scare. there was a lot of like scary stuff and, and I mean, obviously oh, it was adapting from the hunters. Yeah. Things, the hunters but, bringing back a deer heart in a box. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's mostly, honestly, if I'm really being honest with myself, I think that I like Snow White because I think that she's the closest one that I could see myself dressing up as uh-huh. I because totally get it. I was never tall totally and willowy enough to be mm-hmm. like sleeping. Aurora. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Even though I'd want to, you yeah. know, but you got to be Annie. That's a big deal. But I did get to be Annie. Um, but it, it, it was an interesting experience. I, I ended up, you know, going to school out of town and a great, <laughs> so, so I did Annie and it was a big deal in my County because it, the, the local college, junior college would do countywide productions. So people from all over the county would come and audition for these things. And it was like a really big event. Yeah. And so the fact that I got this role of Annie was like a huge that deal. That is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, beat out all these other girls. And so it was, it was kind of one of my first like big tastes of success. Yeah. yeah. And I remember being in school and they had built a new middle school. It was a brand new building, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And so I was the first sixth grade class to be in this brand new building. And around that time that I had done Annie and everything and was doing that, um, I went to one of the bathrooms and someone had carved Kari is a bitch <gasps> in the bathroom stall of this brand new building. Brand oh, new. And uh, it was no. devastating, you know, cause they can repaint it, but then it's just Kari is yeah. a bitch and like, you know, mint green Kari's a bitch in, in slate gray like it's, it's not going away so it was like That's really horrible. traumatic but here's the thing the cool thing about it was that years later you know I end up going to college I went to the University of Kansas and I came back on one of my breaks and I went up to to the middle school because my dad was still teaching there yeah and you know I thought man could that still no way Oh my no God. way. So I, there's so much suspense right now happening for me. So I went down and it's at night because yeah. he was just working at night and I go to visit him. So I walk down the hall and I go into that. I find that bathroom and I find that stall. It was still <laughs> there. <laughs> Kari is a bitch. And I just kind of like ran my hand over yes. it. And I was like, oh my God. Damn right I am. <laughs> It was like the most amazing, powerful moment of yeah. like, yep. You know what? There was a reason someone did this. It wasn't because I was an actual bitch at the time. It was because they were angry because I was good at something. Because I was Annie. And it happened. So it was it was That's such a weird, wonderful. wonderful moment to be like, yes, I have embraced <laughs> my bitch. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you have any sense at all who did it? Any sense at all? Any suspicions? I do. Yeah. I, I do. Actually, no, that's not true. No, nah, that's not true. I don't know. Okay. Is there just somebody that you were like, it could have been, it could have been this person because they were mean to me. And, but like, then you really think about it and you're like, I don't know if that's even. You know, I, 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 a mystery. I had one potential fight at the flagpole uh-huh. you know and then the fact that we both actually showed up oh. we were just sort of like I think a little stunned yeah. into fine we showed each other what 
let's go home and <laughs> what the reason was uh she she just she didn't like me she thought yeah. i was a bitch so that's why i was like well maybe it was her i don't want to say her name now because you know things are look, when you grow up in the system like annie did it's very <laughs> tough you got to get a hard, tough. It's skin. a hard knock it's life. A hard knock life. <laughs> you got to protect yourself. You got to put up. Maybe you put up all sure, but that's a survival skill, dude. Oh my gosh! I literally, you said that just as I took a big mouthful of coffee, <laughs> and I almost spit taked all over your beautiful room. Is it spit taked or spit took? <laughs> spit took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hello, my name is Tusk Henderson, and I am an outdoorsman. Are you looking for a new comedy podcast? This month's episode of Beef and Dairy Network podcast has as its guest the wonderful Nick Offerman playing the part of Tusk Henderson, adventurer and outdoorsman. Think about fitting yourself a month's worth of provisions and a half-ton cow into a kayak. So if you've never listened to the show before, this might be a good place to start. I string a bowstring between her horn tips and I can fire a spear off the top of her head and uh, took in some very delicious cod. So if you're after a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network from Maximum Fun? Download it now! You flip a cow upside down, they make an excellent toboggan. I, when you said that, I suddenly remembered like a couple of times that I was in a fight at, at in elementary school. Four, five, six. Right. Um, could not tell you with whom or what happened, but I still have a scar on my shoulder what? from a girl's fingernails. <laughs> dragging across my shoulder i still have a little scar it's not crazy it's pretty Holy tough cow yeah i remember where it happened i like remember where in the schoolyard it happened um the total cliche of like having gone back there since and being like this is a very small like field <laughs> in my mind it was so, so it was huge like, you know in the dark like furthest most corner from the school it was a long way away and then you go as an adult and you're like what is that about 50 feet like, yeah it's, it's crazy so not big the, at all the perspective because we'd get Ugh. these huge dirt mounds i don't know if this was an arizona mm. thing but um whenever there was construction and stuff going on in different parts of small town kansas they would just uh pile up the dirt in these huge dirt mounds mm. and then you'd play king of the mountain with your friends and, oh. and so it was yeah so it was dirt that was packed enough that you would actually yeah. go up it i was and, imagining being like too powdery oh no yeah just huge and and in my mind you know they look like mountains yeah i'm sure oh, it's yeah. probably not that way but yeah. it, it feels that way in my brain yeah We're that's just... the one thing i kind of wish i could recapture i wouldn't go back to much of anything for any reason at all but i would i would like to be able to perceive things i thought of as like huge and and intimidating but magnificent or whatever like that feeling and the feeling of that like like that the adrenaline of being a little kid and being like oh my god i just found this like place yes. in this bush that is has a whole kind of where only yes. i found it and like oh my god this is a big deal Whew. stay calm janet stay calm don't give it away like you just found your new secret spot 
Like yes, and no one else knows. Oh my gosh, everything. The whole, the little hole, like in the shrubbery. I just, oh, I totally know what you mean. I wish I could feel that. Like I feel like I spent a lot of my life because I'm very childlike. I feel like I spent a lot of my life sort of looking for that feeling. Not necessarily. I mean, I'm certainly not like. And then I did a line of coke so I could have that (laughs) feeling of wonder. But I think there are still, like, I still find myself feeling that, like, you know, oh, this house, oh, God, that house has been deserted forever, like, a tornado, like, the same sort of, like, don't tell me too much about it, I just want to get a thrill, sort of thinking about it. You know, it's so weird, like, there's this thing, I've been doing this, um, this show recently, and it ties so much back into my childhood, so it's, it's kind of interesting when you were talking about this, and they're like, yeah, we talk about childhood and stuff, so I've been doing this project that's been really dredging up, not dredging, that sounds negative, but just been kind of pulling back on my past um, because I always secretly loved rock music when I was a kid uh, and it was the forbidden music. Oh my God, footloose situation we got here. Oh my gosh. Okay, so for me, it was hair bands and when you... I mean, by the way, Kari's wearing an ACDC shirt right now, so this this feels very satisfying Totally, and it's vintage. I just want you to know it's vintage. That's great. Um, And it's so great because like, you know, you grow up in the Midwest and there are boys that you marry and boys that you don't marry and there are very clearly defined good girls and bad girls, you know, and sadly it, it was all very, very not equal. Mm. <laughs> uh, but so I, I remember, you know, just being so fascinated by these hair bands, you know, and it was Bon Jovi and, and, uh, Motley Crue and all this stuff. And I have this really visceral memory of walking down the hallway in my house. There was one bathroom in the upper level and all of us kids had to share it. And so you'd go down the hall past various siblings, bedrooms to get to the bathroom. And I remember walking down the hallway and my brother's door was open just a crack. And I remember peeking through the door and seeing this music video, this slaughter music video (laughs) playing on the TV. And my heart just started like pounding in my chest. And I was just watching through the crack in the door and just being like, this is the forbidden music. Yeah. Those are the boys that you don't marry. Oh my God. But the boys yes. that make you feel funny inside. Yeah. And, the, and I they're eventually, all wearing makeup because it's a all, really weird time. In, and they <laughs> in all have culture. long, luscious locks and yes. I've got a Dorothy Hamill haircut. Yes. Like it's, you know. <laughs> I love that. Year. I am so, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that like things are wonderfully metrosexual and sort of, you know, um, like in androgynous in so many ways now. And there's mm-hmm. so much better stuff happening for the LGBT community and all that kind of stuff. So a hundred percent, like I, I wouldn't take things back to where they were. All that being said, I, I am very happy that because I couldn't choose the fact that we ended up in an era where like Duran Duran and like boy George and the hair bands, Bon Jovi less so, right? Because he didn't really wear makeup the right. same way that like, you know, Motley Crue and like Poison and of course yes. that's even before our time, but um, that stuff lingers on. And, uh, but like, just to like, to, to, to be able to have a conversation and be able to talk like dreamily about like Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran who wore <laughs> more makeup than I have ever worn 
like the frosts, like frost oh, lipstick. And everything like frost, was frosted. Frost eyeliner, frost eyeshadow. The frosty highlight, pink. like a frosty <gasps> highlight, and then like a frosty bronze bar underneath. Yes, the under blush. the cheeks. Oh, that's a fun time. Like that's a fun time to sort of not have to understand your sexuality by virtue of like it was Elvis Presley. And you know that's it. That's it. And that's Doris it. Day, and right. like it's it was a, it was an interesting, cool, weird time. I think because there was such a flare of the dramatic yes. about it all. Oh my They're, god! Half the hair bands were wearing like lacy collars and like jodhpurs. Yes. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you in the army? Circa 197 <laughs> or so circa like you know 1720? Like, what's happening? I loved it. Did you step out of a romance novel yeah. with the the poofy blouse? Yeah. Like, oh my god the glorious. pirate outfits the yeah. pirate shirts and the, uh, wind always have you had to have wind in the videos because the guys all had this beautiful hair that needed to be like blowing always oh my gosh so I mean the fact that like I've been having this renaissance because I went to this hair nation festival in 2016 because I it felt like this whole huge revelation of telling one of my friends I really love hair bands. I really love them. And she's like, you got to come to this festival. And so I went to the festival. Where's the festival? Is uh, it the same place? Irvine. Or it, it was, of course, PC in PC? Irvine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it was just like 20 bands all during the day. And and it was just this feeling as an adult, but tapping in that, oh my God, I'm watching through the crack in the door, but here, yeah. like in person, yes. live. It was just, I have oh. never... That thing that you talk about capturing that that feeling yeah. of just delight yeah. and your heart pounding and I've started going to rock concerts since then and you know started doing my own version of a rock show and stuff like that and it's just the closest I've come oh, to capturing fabulous. that feeling from my childhood. That is fabulous. Oh. So you so did did you get into it then or was it because because you had such a strict upbringing it really remained like someone else's thing that you looked at from afar or that, were you secretly taking it in uh, like, i mean i compart i think i compartmentalized it a ton and just put it way over somewhere else because it was all tied into these very mysterious things like desire and um you know, independence and rebellion and all of these things that yeah. were so dangerous for me with my upbringing. Yeah. Like it's just a road that you just shut it behind a door yeah. and you don't look at it. Um, and so it was kind of amazing to go to that show in 2016 and just be watching it. And of course, you know, people that have gone to concerts for years and years and years are like, man, so-and-so was so much better back in the eighties or the nineties or, uh, you know, that's not the original guitar player. He plays with so-and-so now. And I'm just like, golly gee, this is the most amazing thing. You guys, we're here watching kicks live, you know, that's fantastic. That well, is, what were you allowed to consume, like with your parents' permission? Were you what, what were there TV shows that like everybody sat down and watched together? Were there, you know, were there like movies that you know they'd be like, well, I've heard that there's like it's a little racy, but yes, you can go see it. Like, what gosh. would be what would be the line of it? Almost might make your parents be like, hmm, I don't know. But then maybe you could still see it, or was it just like so severe that it really was like, Mm-mm, no, no, no. I was pretty vanilla. I mean, I, you know, I think 
it was Amy Grant. It was New oh, Kids. Oh, she was on, religious, so that's yeah. handy. Uh, <laughs> so it was a nice tie in there. Yeah. Uh, New Kids on the Block, sure, sure. you know. I saw them twice in concert. Yeah. And that was glorious. I just remember being over the moon about that. Um, I think the first cassette tape that I got was The Jets. Oh, The Jets. Sure. I got a crush on Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You must have heard it from my best friend. <laughs> God, what's the one that I... There's a slow There's a slow jam by the Jets that I definitely was like... I'll never get this. over you getting over me? Might be. Oh, man. It might come to me. It's going to come to me yeah. on the drive home. Yeah. I know it is. But so, so music-wise, very... I think maybe Vanilla Ice was pushing pushing the <laughs> limit for me. <laughs> it was only okay because it had the word vanilla in it. <laughs> yes. That squeaked that under the radar right there. Oh, uh, no. Man, TV shows, I'm kind of trying to think of... I, I'm stalling out after Punky Brewster. Yeah. Like, but that well, wasn't yeah. teen years. That was yeah. like earlier. Yeah. Um, no. And were you doing, you were, and so when you were going to school in the other town, did that open up a whole new um, world of people to you? Was it like, oh, all of these people I've known and, and went to school with all these years. And then like, oh, oh, here I go to this like totally different place. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the theater drama club kind of community was a revelation to me because, you know, I, I always felt kind of like an odd ball out and stuff like that. So I made some really great friends through that. Um, but you know, I was interested in all sorts of different things. And so I had, um, friends in various groups cause you know, high school is so clicky. Yeah. You know, you have all these different clicks. Okay. I do have a story from high school. So I, I had, you know, friends from all these different groups and, the way it worked for homecoming court is that you had to be a senior and the senior class nominated who got to be on the court, you know, who were the nominees the for king and queen. And, um, and then after the nominees were, were, uh, announced, then the whole school, all the grades could vote. Gotcha. So I was well liked, but I wasn't popular you know, I, mm-hmm. I had friends in a lot of different groups and, and, and got along pretty well with people, but I wasn't part of the popular crowd. I right. wasn't a cheerleader. I wasn't, you know, one of the girls that dressed really great, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I remember being in a, like a psychology class or, or, you know, social, I don't know, social studies, whatever. And the nomination thing happened where the senior class was going to nominate people. And so all the guys that were sitting around me were like, Oh, we're going to nominate you. And I was like, ha ha, that's really funny. That's funny. So anyway, fast forward, they announced the nominees for King and Queen and I got nominated. Oh my! And it was a huge shocker in the school. Like, because I was not yeah. one of the popular girls. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was liked, but yeah. I was not the popular crowd. So people were like, <gasps> dark horse in the you know you know they're like they're announcing all of the usual suspects and and Kari Walgren and like there was just this audible gasp through the school which probably you were last because you're W yeah and I was last because I was a W wonderful so so it was crazy like uh and and there was a some girl that didn't 
really like me in high school. And, and word got back. She said, you know what? It was a joke. They nominated her as a joke. And it was devastating. Like, you know, again, it was one of those things where like, so the, the, the tittering around the school was that it was all one of those, you know, douser with pig blood buckets yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. it's a, it was a but joke. It wasn't. Well, in my spiteful. young high school heart, I was just like, oh, so this was all a joke. Oh, okay. It was very devastating. Awful. Yeah. It was what really awful feeling. It was really rough. So the night of the homecoming, you know, homecoming, uh, they, I mean, this pl- is like a John Hughes movie. We can agree. It's kind of like a John Hughes it's movie. It's great. So, um, um, what would happen is that you'd have a, a football game and then at, at halftime, uh, all of the people on the court would, would drive around the track in little, <laughs> little cars and be introduced. Oh and then you'd go to God. center field okay. in the football field. And then they'd announce mm-hmm. the king and queen mm-hmm. and the band would play. And there you go. Mm-hmm. So that got so much pomp night. and circumstance. I know so I missed much all pomp. of that, by the way. So I'm fascinated by this. Did you really? Yeah, because I was like, uh, you know, I was like, a, I was, I was like, I'm too cool for all that stuff. And, okay. You know, had my dog Colorado or whatever I don't know oh you're gonna appreciate this yeah I've never never went to a game of any kind nothing okay you're gonna really appreciate this so the night of homecoming rolls around and I'm kind of walking through the school and and stuff to get over to the football field and where we're supposed to line up and all these people start coming up to me from the school like um uh, saying, hey I voted for you can you know I really hope you win tonight and there was um this young gal she was a freshman really hard time of it uh really bullied and she walks past with her mom and she goes hi Kari and I said hi so and so how you doing and oh my god I'm gonna get emotional she walks away and she goes see mom I told you she knows me like oh my god like it was just insane and so then you know I walk past a couple of the guys that don't even speak very much English in my school. They're like foreign exchange students or something, but they're in my Taekwondo class that I take outside of school. And so they just walk by and they're giving me thumbs up because they don't know how to, so they're giving me thumbs up. And then I walk by one of the, one of the, the stoner type, you know, anarchists in my school and he's like walking by and he goes, homecoming sucks. (laughs) Homecoming fucking sucks. But I voted for you. You don't suck. <laughs> he just walks by. So it was just like something out of a John Hughes movie. Yeah. And um, so I go out and long story short, I win by in a landslide. Oh, I'm so smug right and, now. And the one, you know, the one cheerleader girl later was just furious because you know yeah she it's like expected oh to watch win. out because when a nice person actually makes it onto the ballad it's crazy the people it, are like hey oh my god this is great a nice person yeah it was it was the craziest That's thing like even story years later one of the teachers told my parents all oh, the teachers were just completely shocked that kari got on the committee the num, you know the court yeah. and then she won by a, a landslide we just couldn't believe it it was just like nobody <laughs> nobody saw that coming but yeah. it was it was one of those few moments in That's life delicious it's just delightful because and i'm over here i'm so glad that this is not being filmed because i'm, I'm really teary no me too please when you said that about the freshman i about lost my mind i i can i can't mm. think of her without getting uh, a little verklempt yeah. but um 
but it was just like the, one of the most powerful moments of my life of be kind to people and, and to treat people with respect, especially the ones that can't do anything for you. Like, and so coming to LA and stuff like that, like I've really tried to at least keep that in mind because it's, it's very much of a, what can you do for me kind of town? Very much so. And so I'll forever be kind of grateful that I had that, that experience with the homecoming queen thing, because it's just like kindness matters. Well, what I think is amazing about that, and it's actually going to be perfect because it's going to segue right into this mash game is that we kind of come full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, which is the difference between a behavior that is expected of you that is grounded in something superficial or is grounded in something that, um, you're just, you feel conditioned to do versus the behavior of choosing to be kind. Um, because of these moments that we have with our fellow human beings that are these rich emotional experiences. And, and so just talking from, you know, when we were just speaking about like, well, you know, why, why am I who I am? Why am I nice? Do I take, you know, am I taking care of people because I'm been conditioned to, or I'm expected to, or because I want to. And so I love that you brought this story up because there's a perfect example of like, no, you have like a, a foundational experience that like supported being a good person and, and feeling supported by people and, and taking that lesson and going like, you know, I don't, I'm not being, I don't need to be kind to someone cause they might do something for me. It's the, I, I'll be rewarded in ways that I, I can't even imagine that are like more about my heart. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And man, it just, it takes so little effort, I think to, to just be kind to someone rather than dismissive. I don't know. I, I just think empathy is a very important thing that it's we should extremely all be important. thinking about, yeah. especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway. I, I won't go too deep into this, but that's kind of what I flashed to when you were just, when we were talking about that at the beginning of the podcast was like even something so simple as the, the, the discordance between like, well, I, I feel like I just like smiling at people because there is some sense of recognition of like, hey, I see you and, and you see me. Yeah. And then that mixed with like, you know, women, and I totally get it because I, part of me feels this way too, but the, but, the, but the whole idea that sort of became more of a meme, if you will, in the last few years of men being like, you should smile more. Or like, you know what I mean? Like the angry feminist that, that is like, don't fucking tell me to smile. Uh, How dare you? You know, smile. You're pretty when you smile or whatever. But like there's that sort of those two things kind of exist to have both of those things existing in your mind is can be confusing because my general go to is to just smile at anyone, male or female, you know, and not feel like I'm doing it because it's owed to a man. Right. But just because that's part of who I am. And so the mind fuck happens when you're like, wait a minute. I need to be sure I'm smiling at people because like I want to have that human connection and not because like. I've been conditioned to smile as a woman. Do you know what I mean? You know, I think, I think it pops up more. I think the true clarity moments, it it pops up more when you're put in situations where the smile response is going against what your Mm -hmm. gut is telling you. Mm -hmm. Cause there's a, you're right. There's a difference between smiling at a cashier in a 
in a store right and smiling when somebody has said something to you that is dismissive or right. dismin- diminishing or right, something right right right, um, right right yeah great that's totally true yeah i don't know this is not as it's not as it's not as confusing as it's not it's not as confusing it's not that confusing if you just let it be like well what do you what is your gut telling you to do right now yeah if you're going against your gut then Probably it's because you feel you have to do something that you, in fact, don't have to do. You just totally (laughs) simplified that for me in a way that I'm very grateful for. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. I'm very excited to dig into this. Um, First of all, I got to get some kind of hairband related. uh, Oh my gosh. So let's do three hairbands that, uh, you know, this is sort of, we're, we're creating this kind of timeless universe where it's like, I don't care how old you are now, how old they are now, how old they were then, how old you were then. It's all sort of like, that's all a wash. It's really just about like from whatever era they were big, whatever. Um, three bands that you can like just conjure at the snap of your fingers and you're just like, they're playing for you. They're playing whatever song you want and you're just like chilling with them. And there's zero negative like, you know, ramifications. It's just Slaughter. Like, great. Slaughter. Do, do I have to pick two more? Can you I do. just... Okay. Oh, you oh. do. It's the luck of the draw. Okay. Any genre of music or does it... Oh, I'm the... oh no, I'm committing you to hair bands. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm down with this. <laughs> Um, kicks. Great. Uh, Lita Ford. Can I, does oh, that count? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Great. Uh, God, I had such a very specific, like I just saw her in my head so oh. hard in such a great way when you, when you said her name. She's, by the way, her biography is such a fun read oh yeah it's like living like a runaway oh uh and just if you're just looking for one of those books on the plane yeah 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 and it's it's fun it's true that there aren't a lot of women you can name that were a part of that culture. she was she was big because she started with the runaways and then you know she went and uh now is still touring and what a badass yeah she's she's a total badass fantastic well let's in fact let's do that let's this so this is this is your your hairband hangout but for the next category let's do your your one-on-one individual person hangout from it can be anyone from any time any place living or dead um just a person that you give list three just a person that you're like it would be awesome to have that person in my life and just be able to like hang out with them and talk about whatever oh carrie fisher uh, man, that's, it's one of my biggest regrets that I never got to meet her because she just has so many of her quotes are just on my bulletin board in my brain space. 
youth and beauty are not accomplishments. I love that. That's great. She's like, feel the fear and do it anyway. I uh, love her. Let's see. Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She wrote Big Magic, which is one of my favorite go-to books. Like if you're ever struggling with doing something that scares you, especially if it's creative. Yeah. I've reread Big Magic probably two or three times. It's phenomenal. It's just so good. I can't recommend it highly enough. Wonderful. And then oddly enough, um, maybe maybe Drew Barrymore. Great. I just, there's something about her resilience and uh, at least from the outside looking in, she's overcome so many things in her life and still manages to maintain this positive attitude and this spirit of and resilience. Relatability, you know? And relatability. Like of all the people who could just be living on another planet because she has no connection with like yes. people's regular lives it could be her and she doesn't project that at all she doesn't and and it continues to be like an entrepreneur and you know uh, an advocate in a, a lot of different ways so I just yeah if, if I was going to sit down and have a lunch with somebody yeah. she's always kind of been one of those yeah those people that I've thought ah, I think she'd be really fun to talk with I mean, I think these last two, obviously, for very sad reasons, the first one is not as likely to come true unless we're in our alternate universe, which mm. we may be. But uh, but the other two, you could end up across the table from one of those gals. Man. I could see that happening very easily. Well, knock on wood. I will. Would you like me to? Okay, great. Come in. Nope. That's an <laughs> audio podcast. We can make it whatever we want. Okay. <laughs> Next category is uh, three places in the world that you would like to have a vacation home I, i'm making myself laugh in my head because i'm making it sound like i came up with that uh, uh for the first time and i say it every time but the reason that i was hesitating was that i was trying to think if you would more appreciate three fictitious places to have a vacation home like to go into a book or a movie or you know um the moon or something that's not as tangible as uh as like Paris. Um, so I give you your choice if you want to do, and you can mix and match if you want to do one that's real and mm. one that's like from a book or whatever. Well, travel is, is really important to me because it's not something that I necessarily grew up with as much. Mm-hmm. So it's only been in the last maybe 11, 12 years that I've started tr- making it a real priority to travel more. So I've gone to, I've gone to uh, Japan. I've gone to Ireland. I just did a trip to Peru oh, nice. um, last month. Uh, took my dad and we hiked the Inca Trail up to Machu Picchu. Oh, that's great. So as far as, it's hard to say where I'd want a vacation home just because there's still so many places that I want to see. Yeah. But if I'm hard pressed, I'm going to say Japan. Do I need to get more specific than that? Nah. Okay. Japan. Um, uh, Then I'm going to say Spain. Uh, and then I'm going to say the Maldives. Wonderful. Okay, great. All right. Next category. Let's do, listen, it's a mash game. This is going to be your, uh, romantic interest Okay. for, uh, for this alternate universe. I don't care if it's like somebody you would just do a one night stand with, or if it's like, this is my long-term partner, um, anything in between. And it can be a fictitious character from movies, books, can be a real person, whatever you want. Three. Oh, this is, this is a hard one. Um, 
So, okay. The hard thing about living in, in LA I know. <laughs> is that you meet people. Cause like when I first moved out to LA, you know how everybody does their little top 10 gimme list. Uh-huh. Like if I ever, if I ever run into, uh-huh. you know, yeah. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Hanks in a thing then we could totally make out you yeah. know and then you actually meet the people Correct. so I do remember two of my roommates and I we had our top 10 gimme lists on our refrigerator like we you know had wine one night and we came up with our list and we posted them on the fridge and then I sadly started checking them <laughs> off one at a time because I would meet them like like Seth Green was on my yeah. my my top ten oh, list because I just had the biggest crush on him, and then I met him yeah. and have met him a, a few times, and yeah. I was like, well, I, now I can't. Yeah, but I got to cross him off. And then there were there was another guy that ended up being like a huge douchebag, and mm-hmm. I I ran into him like at a session, mm-hmm. and so I had to cross. So mm-hmm. you'd look at our lists, That's and then right. like half my list was crossed <laughs> off. Uh, it was the saddest and well, that's why it's thing. fun. To, that's why you can go to any era because if you say, you know, Paul Newman circa nineteen sixty, <gasps> like, ain't nobody gonna, you're, you know, right. that's you can have the you can preserve the fantasy because that will, that person will always kind of be in that realm for you rather than like, oh, I bumped into him and he was a total dick. Okay, well, the one person that has been on my list since I was probably thirteen or fourteen, and so I almost hope I never meet him because yeah. I would lose my shit gabriel Byrne. oh interesting Uh, he's very sexy he's brooding and handsome and just you know you go back and everybody in little women was like why didn't joe end up with laurie why'd she end up with the old guy and i'm like yes she ended up with the old guy boom yeah like he was yeah that ruined me forever that ruined me forever. That's fantastic. Oh, Gabriel Byrne. Oh my God. Good I, luck with your other two. I love you so. I know. Now I'm like trying to think of, okay, well, just because I love and respect him so much, Mark Slaughter. Great. From the band Slaughter. <laughs> uh, uh, just uh, such a, so dreamy. Um, Perfect. Maybe for the third one, can we say... David Bowie and Labyrinth. Oh my God. Absolutely. 1000%. I think that that was one of the first times where I was like, what are these funny feelings I feel inside? Well, you basically described him at his most hairband. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, Yeah. that movie was so confusing to me on a hormonal level. Yes. And you know, and then they would, put him in bigger and bigger cod pieces and tight tights you know in different scenes it's in the like movie. they knew what they were doing it's like let's confuse an entire generation of oh, impressionable yeah. girls oh, just yeah. just on yeah. the threshold of- and boys by the way i mean straight or gay yeah people had crushes like i'm you know gay if you're a gay boy you're gonna have a crush on david bowie if you're a straight girl you're gonna have a tra- crush on david bowie. if you're a straight boy you're gonna have a crush on jennifer Connolly. if you're a stri- if you're a gay girl you're gonna get or anything in yes. between if you're bi i feel like i wanted to kiss them both because like jennifer Connolly was so dreamy and she was like that bodacious <gasps> oh she wasn't like you know a slip of a thing it was like no. oh you have boobs like oh. you're very sexy what's happening she was what's she, happening and, and just oh my gosh there there are so many if you want to go down a really delightful rabbit hole just um, start Googling feminist theory in the movie Labyrinth. Ooh, oh, interesting. Uh, so many editorials and 
interesting fan interesting. art and articles about it. And, you know, her whole thing about you have no power over me is the key to the entire movie. God, wow. And you had not given that thought one. You're going to give it thought oh, two and three if you go shit. down that Google search. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, this is great. Oh, fantastic. Anyway. Um, wow. Okay. I'm loving this mash game so much. Okay. Next one. This is one of my favorite categories. Uh, three foods that you can be as general or as specific as you want, but that for some reason in this reality, you're either you feel like it's maybe bad for the environment or it's you're allergic to it or you love the taste of it, but then you feel sick after you eat too much of it. Like we're removing all of that. Or this one thing that you had this one time in this place where you're like, I wish I could get that piece of cake again. Uh, in this alternate reality, you can have uh, any of these three things. We're going to figure out which one. Uh, but name three things that you can have in perpetuity with just like snap of your fingers, no ramifications. Pizza. Great. You were like, Janet, finish your just, I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say pizza. Why are yeah. you still talking? That's all right. We, we wanted the listener. <laughs> we wanted the listeners at home to fully understand why I was going to say pizza the second. Yeah. Number two would be Taco Bell. Great. Oh, and number three. What would number three be? Really good pasta. Yeah. And I, I would that like I was sad, which I kind of was. Yeah. 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 Seriously, the <laughs> the pants are a little yeah. little tight right now because I've been indulging too much in the pasta and it just makes me sad because you know everybody's all like well yeah you can have your favorite foods but just like portion control and I was like that is not the point in this alternate universe you can eat the entire plate of pasta you can climb up a dirt hill of pasta Claim yourself queen of the mountain. Eat the meatball at the top and then then just eat your way back down to the bottom. Yeah. Beautiful. Pasta. Perfect. Mm. Uh, Okay. Next category. Let's do three. uh, Three people. You know, you'll know this better than I. But three characters who are represented in your mugs that you get to play that role in some capacity, whether you're the cartoon voice, whether you sort of, it's like, we're creating this alternate reality where it's like, this Disney princess wasn't voiced by this person, it's voiced by you. Or it can also mean like, yeah, I get to be this princess. Like I I turn into this princess for a day or whatever. But that's anybody who's on your mug because I know it's not all Disney princesses. Um, So, okay, with this, going along with this, do I suddenly look like that Disney princess? If you want. Or is it me trying to be my best version no, of no, no. said it's princess. Not, it's not you attempting your best version. You are that. You are that. Oh, Sleeping Beauty. Aurora, Sleeping Beauty. Great. It's the whole turning the dress from pink to blue to pink to blue. Gosh. Oh, yeah. just. And then having like little fairy fairies fluttering around you. I mean, give me a break. It's too magical. Yeah. And that long, like I can, I was always the girl that, um, I wanted the long flowing blonde locks and once it got past chin length or something like that, it would start getting like stringy and mm, yeah. stuff like that. So I was always in the Dorothy Hamill right. haircut right. as a kid. Well, also it's so confusing because like, you know, credit where credit it's due for the magical part of it, but for the confusing feminism part of it, like Aurora's hair is just like a one single unit of just like, Mm. a blob of beauty like it's not hairs so you could never as a human ever have that hair like you can't have that hair because it's just this it's it's just a blob of beauty 
of not perfection. So a blob is not nice to say. It sounds bad, but it really is just like this sort of wavy, beautiful, bouncing, perfect blob. Off. Yeah. And that's not going to be, that's very, not not easily achievable. It's it's very all. unattainable. Yeah. Unless you. But in this situation, you may have yes. that blob. Okay. So you definitely Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Supergirl. Great. Would be the second one. Um. Mm, man. So. Oh gosh. The third one. I'm torn between. If, if I'm going strictly by my my coffee mug collection and I'm going to put aside my sons of anarchy coffee mug for now just, just Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. although why don't we say no Mm. I'm now I'm thinking maybe do I need to pull in a sons of anarchy character? Feel free. Let's just say any of the women from sons of anarchy. Great. Because I can't pick just one. Yeah, I remember when, like, that's was my first introduction to Maggie Siff. And I was like, I, I love you. Where have you been? Where have you been all my life? You're wonderful. I mean, the females in that show yeah. were just like, I mean, that whole show. Yeah. I loved that show. I did love that show, too. <sighs> Might be time to rewatch that show. Because I just rewatched, I just had Brandon uh, watch The Shield because he had never seen that. Um and that's, I think there's like carryover into Sons of Anarchy from some of the same, because they employ some of the same actors and like, it has that same gritty, gritty feel to great, it. Great, like great writing, Ooh. great sort of high stakes. It's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, great. Next category. This is appropriate. Three uh, television or movies, television shows or movies that you can go into and just like hang out with that group and, and interact with them. And you're not reliving the plot of an episode. It's like suddenly it's real and you're hanging with those people. Harry Potter. Great. I can rewatch those even if it's just for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's like instantly soothing to me. Same. Sex in the City. Great. Uh, that's another one where it's just like whatever relationship or non-relationship situation I'm in, I'm just like, I think I'm going to put on season four, episode six and yeah. revisit that part. They where... really covered a tremendous amount of like real territory, like real emotional territory yeah. what it is to be a woman. They really did. And yeah. they just, was it just the 20 year anniversary of Probably. it? Probably. Which just blew my That's freaking mind. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, and you know, now it's just like, yeah, you know, women talk about sex all the time on all these different TV shows and yeah. movies and stuff like that. But it was so groundbreaking when it came out. And I just, yeah, I can rewatch that forever. Oh, yeah. um, and then, let's see. Mm, let's see. Movies or TV shows. Uh, okay. Man, I'm taking way too much like care and thought with my answers never, on this. Never. But I do remember, you know how I, that's there's no yeah. Cool. Did you used to play MASH where you do it with the little paper? Yeah, the fortune the, the little co- fortune cookie. People call thing? a fortune tellers or cootie catchers for some reason. I have a couple of those that I need to dust off and, and Yeah. Do. It's harder to do when you're holding a microphone because you're supposed to ha- use both your hands. Absolutely. But um I can't I don't yeah. even remember now how to make one, but I used to just in incessantly make yeah. those I never when I was a kid. I never learned how to so oh. you would have been like the person I would have been like um will you make one for I don't know why I didn't just say can someone teach me I, I would make them over and over again yeah oh it's crazy um let's just say pride and prejudice great which version you know 
I'm going to go with the Kira Knightley version. Oh, interesting. Uh, just because I loved just that extra little tiny bit of feminism that she put into her portrayal. Yeah. But I love me some Colin Firth. I mean. And so the BBC version. And that one was longer overall, right? Yeah. Because it was, yeah, that's nice when you get like more of it. Right. But, but it's more of an investment also, too. Also, I'm not going to. Yeah, that's true. Also, you, you could, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you this whole category of Pride and Prejudice. Thank so you. you. the juice. Uh, okay, final category. Let us do mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. three things that, uh, to, to kind of take us back to the tornado conversation, but also the Carrie Fisher quote, um, three things that uh, you're, you feel a fear or trepidation about, and it could be small, it could be big, uh, but, but I guess things that you'd be willing to talk about on the podcast, but three things that you, uh, that, that you experience, you conquer, you know, you sort of like do a thing that's thrilling, but was, would be terrifying that you can't imagine necessarily doing now. Like Give me an skydiving, example. for example. Okay. Me personally, I would not, I, I don't see it any time in my future where I will be skydiving ever. It is. But I would. Amazing. I think I knew that you had. I, but you know what? And I just did it in the last few years or so. And it's, it's insane. So, okay, so it has to be something that I've conquered. No, 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 something, this is our fictitious, this is our alternate universe. So it could be something like, you know, swimming with a great white shark, I don't know. But if there's things like that, like adventuresome things or things that you're like, I'm not of this person, but I kind of wish I were because I, I would love to do it and not be terrified by it. Zo- well, I don't know how we'd phrase this, but zombies scare the holy crap yeah. out of me. Uh, so you've conquered, so okay, the first one will be you've totally conquered your fear of zombies. Yes, um, scuba diving yeah. is on there me too. for me. I've, I've gotten partway through the certification and then didn't make it all the way through. And I'm, it, yeah. So that's a big fear I'm trying to yeah. conquer. Yeah. Um, and you know, if we're going to get like deep and whatnot, failure, yeah. fear of failure. Understood. Uh, well, this is exciting. Oh my Look God. at all these different things you could end up with. All right, I'm going to do my little like thingy where I establish what number I'm going to use to eeny meeny. Okay. I hope any of that made sense. I, it did, actually. I just actually. have to do a little thing where I say, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this, do some calculations. When I come back, it will be as if no time has passed for the listener and I will have <laughs> your 100% guaranteed <laughs> fictitious MASH future. Fantastic. Okay, I have some good news. I mean, I would go ahead and say I have nothing but good news, but also I don't make people choose like one bad thing that they might get stuck with. So uh, we're in really good shape here. Great. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful house in the Maldives. (gasps) Oh, not bad at all. Okay. I want to, you know what, I, I, I can see you right now just like sitting on a deck uh, of your beautiful house with Drew Barrymore, just chilling, chilling. just being gals, just, just being, being gals. real. Um, so congratulations on that. I want to congratulate you also on your ability to jump inside Pride and Prejudice in any iteration oh. and just get all of that good stuff all the way up. Yeah, very, 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 very good get there. Uh, also, you have the opportunity to just like be any one of the women in Sons of Anarchy when <gasps> you want a different kind of escape. Okay, this is, I'm loving this. I mean, this is like, 
you got like the like the tough <laughs> present day like badass you also got like Prime the old-timey beautiful fantastic world badass so uh, i get my gowns and my yeah fist leather. fight, <laughs> my, <laughs> gowns, fist fight. <laughs> my gowns and my that's leather correct. that's correct uh furthermore i feel like i'm just getting started I want to congratulate you on your absolute uh, conquering of the fear of failure, which, by the way, we are all very envious of. Oh. Um, so well played on that. I want you to celebrate that by climbing up that mountain of pasta, <laughs> declaring yourself free of the fear of failure, and then just eating your way right on down. Well done. You know, it, listen, I don't know if you want to do that to like a soundtrack of any kind, but I want to reassure you that you have at your disposal whenever slaughter. Yes! And as if that weren't enough, because basically I've given you now access to Mark Slaughter. So you basically got him already. Right. But you also will get to spend some very sexy time indeed with David Bowie from Labyrinth. Yes! I'm so pleased. That is your mash future. I, I have to say, I am, I am unreasonably excited I know, about real. these results. It feels real, right? It does. Yeah, you're gonna carry that around with you all day, possibly uh, all week. Congratulations. Thank you. We've done good work here today. I feel like I may be taking that piece of paper home with me with all to. of my results. You're calculated. more than welcome to. Uh, I just have to write down my uh, notes of my things that I have to check out that you told me about. Um, Kari, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having Talk me. Talk about long overdue. I don't think I said this on while we were recording, but I had convinced myself that you already had. Otherwise, you would have been on a <laughs> lot sooner. Um, where can people find you? Is there anything that you would like to tell them to check out? Um, no pressure whatsoever. Um, well, I'm on social media, and I really love hearing from people. I love, you know, having people follow along and with the adventure. Um, so I'm at Kari Walgren on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And because the Swedish people are weird with their spellings, you can find that, uh, at K A R I W A H L G R E N. Uh, and let's see what else was this? I feel like probably you're like po- you're probably posting stuff regularly about stuff that like is coming out or that you're doing or, yeah. or something like that. So I that's mean, probably a good place to find you. I guess this is um uh you know there's there's all sorts of like animation and voiceover projects and stuff that I I keep people posted about um on uh on social media. But one thing I am super excited about is that January 23rd, yes, 2020. Yes. Uh, at the Federal in North Hollywood. I hope you're going to talk about your rock show. We are going to do Fantastic. another one of our rock shows, Fantastic. which is called Slot Her, uh-huh. a tribute night to the music of Slaughter. Fantastic. And what we do um, is it's um, a night of all Slaughter music in all different genres of music. Oh, that's great. So great, we great, great. do go. Slaughter songs in jazz, uh, uh, R&B yeah. we've got a oh, great. like a, a blues number um acoustic numbers we we did a classical number in this last oh, one great. and it's just such a freaking fun night and going along with with your podcast 
Um, it's, it's kind of, I can't call it a one woman show because we have a whole band and everything, but there's a lot of storytelling elements about me growing up nice. and embarrassing pictures of me oh, at great. extremely awkward phases of my youth and how that correlates with where slaughter was oh, in their journey. Great. So what it's a, a lot of fun. Show. I gotta go. Oh, I can't go cause I'll be at Sketchfest. Maybe that could come to Sketchfest at some point. We'll see. Um, guys, I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. You didn't tune in. This is not a radio station <laughs> that you had to like flip a dial and get through static to get to. Nevertheless, I'm glad you listened. Kari, you're wonderful. I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported